Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Wildcat Alley Podcast. Alex Mercatulio, my boy Juice Thompson. Uh, another exciting episode ahead of us. I uh, wanted to thank our guys at, at New Amendment. Appreciate you putting this on for us. But to tip things off, Juice, we had a very successful week. 2-0 in the conference, two quad one wins. We obviously had a, had a huge week for Northwestern basketball. Looking forward to tapping in with you and, and talking all things Northwestern basketball. So first and foremost, good to see you. Um, I'll see you again, you know, obviously this week. But what are your initial thoughts uh, from the past week? Obviously wins over uh, Illinois at home and then Indiana on the road. Uh, give me a couple quick thoughts. Quick thoughts, man. We're, you know, we're a team to be reckoned with. I know we're right there, cracked that top 25, and we're looking like a tournament team. You know, defensively, we talked about how well we're able to, to defend and stop guys, you know, they're key guys, and what we're holding teams under 60 points. And now offensively, it looks like we're starting to find our groove, find a rhythm. So things are really exciting. What are your thoughts? You know, we got two big wins, like you said. We got some tough opponents coming up. But I think the way we won those games were important. What did you see from those games? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it was good to see us win multiple ways, right? Like, obviously, against Illinois, it was more of a grinded-out game. Um, I was telling my buddy I was at the game with, it was like, first one to 70 is going to win. Or if Northwestern scores 70, no doubt in my mind, we're going to win. We ended up scoring, I think, 73. Um, so we were well on our way there. And then we go on the road at Indiana and score a lot of points, get on them early. And, and really punch them in the mouth. So that was good to see. Uh, obviously, there are some, some stars uh, that, that really shine through for, for the Cats overall. And um, obviously, we'll, we'll talk X's and O's here coming up. But initial thoughts for me is that we're, like you said, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, we received some top 25 votes this week. I think we got 21. So we're creeping into that poll, like we had mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, Joe Lenardi has the Cats styled in as a tournament team. I think he has us in on the last four buys line right now, which would land us in like a 12-13 seed. I obviously think we have the potential to get even higher, and this week coming up is going to be crucial um, in the Big Ten standings. But it's a great week to be a Wildcat. We're 3-1 and one in conference, sitting at the top with Purdue. So mm-hmm. now it's time to break it down. Let's talk X's and O's juice. Let's talk about the games this week. Um, leading in, first off with Illinois, what are some things that you saw that the Cats did well, um, you know, in, in, during the game during the week? Yeah, first off for that Illini game, shout out to the fans, you know, especially that student section. Well, what we expected happened, you know, there was more orange and blue than there was purple and white. Those Illini fans did get loud, you know, we shot, what, 40 free bit. throws? For a little bit. They- they got loud, but our student section, with them being so close to the court and being that loud and all white, you know, it really felt like we had our six man there. And I think that propelled us to that win. The team, they fed off of that energy, played well. And, you know, with that, the way we played, 40 free throws, and we made 32 of them. We shot the ball well at the line. Some of our players, you know, Boo Booey, he didn't have a great shooting night. But that just goes to show his experience. He got to the line 12 times. I think he was 11 for 12. He stayed under control. And most importantly, he still was able to defend, even though he didn't see shots go in. Our boy Chase Ardige still playing at a high level, all Big Ten defensive playing level. I think it was great. And just to see those fans come out and to hear that, you know, so many fans were turned away because, you know, they were at capacity. Yeah. That's a big thing, and I'm sure you remember. I know I remember from my senior year, 
just having that crowd there, that support with that student section. It's unbelievable. You can really feed off of that energy. What did you see from an X and O standpoint from that Illini game? Yeah, I mean, number one, defensively, I thought we took them out of what they wanted to do early. Uh, we really caused chaos. I thought, you know, the amount of times that, you know, someone like Terrence Shannon Jr. was in a scoring area was very limited. So right off the bat, I think our pressure and our defensive intensity uh, really jump-started us uh, from the get-go. We were ready to play. We got up in their stuff and took them out of their sets. Uh, so, something that we have talked about other teams doing to Northwestern over the, you know, the course of the last few weeks. I think we really flipped the script on Illinois um, and took advantage of their lack of experience in the backcourt. Um, I know we had mentioned it on the last pod is that they didn't have a true point guard, although Epps did come in and play uh, a, a really good floor game for them and really kept, it, kept them in it early. Uh, you know, the pressure from our guards, especially Ty um, and Chase, was a force to be reckoned with. And then I got to give kudos to our, our front line, right? We had a, a great effort all around from Nicholson, really held his own in there, um, did a great job of extending his uh, ability on the, the perimeter as well. Like he was guarding Coleman Hawkins. He was forcing him to take some tough shots and, and some shots off the dribble that he's typically not comfortable with. And then Robbie and Brooks, uh, I thought, had a, a tremendous impact on the game as well. Obviously, we want to talk about big plays. Robbie Barron catching it off that drift screen, ripping it, and then dunking it on dunking. Illinois' big head. Yeah. Like, uh, you no. know, that's not, that's not too often we've seen that. Um, and yeah, it really I, I got still out of my seat a little bit for that. Yeah. That, was, that was unexpected. I knew he had some athleticism. He was able, you know, he improved his game. Yeah. And to see the intensity, to see how excited he was, and then to see our bench. The bench was involved, the coaching staff. Everybody was excited and had things going. That's just great to see. Everyone was feeding off of each other's energy. We were able to pull out a big win. And just to go back, you mentioned our front line. One thing that I noticed, one, one play, we threw it inside to big Matthew Nicholson. Post up. Yeah. Got it. Immediately scored. Nice but I would like to see. Really nice footwork. Really footwork. That was one of the first times I saw him, you know, get an actual post touch and, you know, try to go to work right away. He scored. I would like to see us continue to go into him, especially, you know, we're going to be playing against some teams with some high quality bigs. We're going to have to try to, you know, get them in foul trouble and make them guard in different ways. So that was a big win. Now, coming up after that, we go on the road. Yes, what do you sir. think from an X and O standpoint after we got through that Illinois game going on to the road down to Indiana? I love the offensive adjustments we made. You know, we, we always talk about defense, but let's talk about offense a little bit here. Um, we started our offense in scoring area, something that we have talked about sometimes at nauseum here uh, as something that we needed to do better of. And I think the coaching staff made terrific adjustments to get us around that three-point line where our offense was starting. And then from there, we took advantage of uh, aggressive Indiana team that really tries to get in the gaps and, and stop the drive. And then when you make shots early, uh, like Robbie did, uh, basically like everybody did, Ty got some good looks, knocked them down. I think we started the game 70% from three-point range. So from there, that really opened up some driving lanes for us, and we took advantage of their lack of depth um, with, with uh, a couple of their main, main guys being out, Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. Um, but overall, I thought our execution was terrific. Our game plan was uh, really spot on, and we got the ball to the right people at the right time. 
we were making the right passes. You look at Chase Audige. I think he had seven or seven assists in the first half, maybe eight, um, which was special, right? We were breaking ankles. We were dropping a dime. We were getting dunks, layups, but really good shots in rhythm in the offense. Um, and when you get a lot of those, you know, we're going to we're going to knock them down. And it's great to see our our guys play offense with confidence. Definitely. And, you know, now that we got that win against Indiana, looks like Indiana dropped out of that top 25. And now we're getting some consideration and some votes for that top 25 spot. Rightfully so. And, yeah. And one thing, you know, we touched on after that Ohio State game, how they came out on our home court and threw the first punch. I feel like we did a great job of throwing the first punch against Indiana. First play, what well, I think Matthew Nicholson gets a steal. Then we come down, we run a good set. Robbie Barron gets a shot close to the basket. We score. For someone like him, for any player, you know, you make your first shot, the game changes a little bit. The rim gets a little sure. bit bigger. Your confidence goes up, especially playing on the road in an environment like that. So I would love to see that and then our aggressiveness. We always know our defense has been our staple. But offensively, at the line again, more than 25 times. We shot, what, 28 free throws. And you have to give credit to our backcourt of taking care of the ball. We're Seven doing turnovers. a great job of getting steals. Exactly. And we're Seven not turnovers the ball on the road in a hostile environment. You can't ask for anything better. Two exactly. conference games in a row below eight turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, below eight and seven. Eight against Illinois, seven against Indiana. Those are great numbers, especially coming from a yeah. point guard yourself, Juice. Like, and, it, and a team like how what we played on, like that cherished the basketball. You know, if we can continue to do that, we're going to really make some noise. And I think we're up to like number four in the Big Ten power um, in the power rankings. Obviously, yeah. sitting at the top, tied for first with Purdue. So we're making some noise for sure. And it's it's good to see the offense start to catch up to the defense. I know they've said yes. that a lot on on the air and um, during the broadcast, but you know it, that's as true as a North Star. If we if our offense can keep pace with our defense, we're going to be a really tough out, and we're going to be this podcast is going to be running all the way through March. If, if this is the, Definitely. you know, how we're going to Hopefully be to April. That's right. Let's get to that championship. But back to what we know, going back with those turnovers and everything from that Indiana game, I think we're doing a great job of when we do turn the ball over, they're dead ball turnovers where the other team doesn't have an opportunity to go score. I think we're doing a great job of limited team scoring in transition or off of our turnovers Think in the first half, what, Northwestern only had one turnover. Indiana had nine. And with that, you know, we used our defense to generate easy offense, and that's how we were able to build that first half lead. So I think, you know, we have to continue up that defensive intensity and continue to take care of the ball like we've been doing. Cats have been looking really good. Anything else, any other players that stood out to you in that game? For me, Ty Berry, second career double-double, 11 rebounds, 13 points. I just love how intense he is, how how much he's improved, and that he's playing both sides of the ball. Right. Anybody yeah, stand he, out to you in that game? He's just one of, like Ty is obviously is, is one of my favorites, and he's just one of those guys where the ball like gravitates towards right. And I think it's because he's always in the right position. Um, it was tough to see him pick up a couple cheap fouls later in the game, and he eventually fouled out. But I mean, he was he was stellar. Um, you know, Chase got a couple deflections that went to him. He ended up getting steals. Chase had six steals. I think Ty had four. And then, you know, as the offensive standout, yeah, Boo Booey, 26 points. Um, solid getting to the basket, getting to his floater, just being aggressive and playing downhill. 
I think is going to be super important for him moving forward. Not settling for that jumper, which obviously we know he can hit, um, but being able to get downhill, which is going to allow um, him to have drive and kick opportunities, but really get to that floater and then give uh, our big guys an, an opportunity to, to capitalize on the offensive glass as well. So um, if he continues that aggression, I think it's just going to create a lot of different opportunities for, for multiple people. And he seems to be making all the right plays um, when he got that matchup against Miller Cop, he really exposed that um, in a one-on-one -on -one instance and was able to play on two feet. I think that's something that Boo does really well. Plays off two feet a lot. He comes to that jump stop. He's able to pivot, turn, either find the right guy or, again, get to that layup package um, that he's perfected here over the course of his his four years in Evanston. So, um, overall, just a, just a really proud win. We weathered their storm. Right, we we built that 34-17 lead. They went on that little mini run um, to cut it to like four or five, and then you know we scored at the end of the half, which was huge, and then came out and scored again in the second half, and really took it to them. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, Indiana made some tough shots. They have two studs as well, TJD um, as well as um, Hood Shafino. You know, both leaguers, right? Like Hood Shafino yeah. was coming off high ball screens like Brad Beal, and just yeah. and just knocking down shots. I was like, mm -hmm. some of these that he's hitting, you, you got to tip your cap sometimes. But um, I thought we made it tough on Trace Jackson Davis. The stat line, you know, may say otherwise, but I thought otherwise, he had to work yeah. for his 18 or 20 that he had. Um, but what I really liked, um, and I want you to, to comment on this as well, is like we really didn't let anybody else beat us, right? Those two no. got theirs, fine. Like whatever, they combined for 60-some for or whatever they ended up combining for. Um, but we really didn't let anybody else get off and everybody else maintained their, you know, the responsibilities. We obviously, you know, had a heightened focus on those two, but they got theirs and nobody else really did. So what are some things that, that you saw that really helped us, you know, rise to the top there in, in that game in, in Assembly Hall? Yeah. So like you said, you know, their two main guys, they got theirs offensively, even though, you know, we said they had to work for it. I think, you know, they did a great job of honing in on those other guys, Miller, Cop, somewhat of the role players who averaged nine, 10 points. We didn't let those guys get comfortable. The guys, Shafino, he's coming off the ball screens. The ball was in his hands a lot for him to do some things and create for himself. I think if we continue to do that, we'll be in good shape. Obviously, we don't want players getting close to triple doubles or scoring 30 plus. But in situations like that, the way the game was going, it was great to key in and not allow those other guys to get into a really good rhythm and give a consistent third scoring option. And that's why I think was one of the differences for us, even on the second half, you know, they were able to come back, fight back. But you know how it is when you're battling back from a big lead, big deficit, you run out of gas towards the end. And, you know, got to give credit to Boo. He made that one free throw, you know, after missing the first one. But it turned out to be a really big free throw because they made that half court shot that counted. And, you know, I just brought up, yeah. And I just brought up Boo, and you talked about how well he played, how composed he was. I really want to give him credit because, you know, the game before against Illinois, he shot, I think, maybe two for 13, something like that. He had an off shooting night, but that just goes to show his confidence. He got back in the gym, went back to work, and then he was able to bounce back in that next game on the road. So, Overall, great win. Would love to see us keep those leads and not make it as close, but great teams find a way to win. So that's going to help us down the stretch, especially when it comes down 
down to March when a playoff Big Ten conference tournament starts. Then, as of right now, we're right there for the tournament. Hopefully, we'll be a shoe-in. And these kind of games and that experience, I think, will help us down the road. I, I completely agree, Juice. Um, and obviously, we have a big week ahead of us as well, right? Right back to the gauntlet. So let's talk Scott and report a little bit now on the two games coming up this week. We obviously have Rutgers at home and then Michigan on the road this week as well. So um, obviously Rutgers is one of those teams that has given us some issues um, over the last couple of years. They're really well coached. They have some scores. They're really, um, they're really solid defensively. So I think it's going to be um, a tough challenge for us. They've held 12 of their 15 opponents to 65 points or less. Um, and you know we've had some scoring woes, so hopefully we could channel you know, that energy that we've had on the offensive end against Indiana and bring it back home and try to score some points against a difficult uh, to play against Rutgers team. Um, so what are some, who are some players that for Rutgers stick out to you um, that could potentially pose a challenge? Um, or what are some things that, that you know about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights that um, could give Northwestern some, some trouble here moving forward? Yeah, number one is their defense. They're number one in the Big Ten. They're only giving up 56 points a game. Northwestern is close, around 58, 59 points. So it's going to be one of those grinded out games. You know, both teams are going to have to work offensively to get some high quality shots. But one of the players that I'm really excited to see in person play is Cam Spencer. You know, his brother played at Northwestern. Cam is coming in from Loyola, Maryland. So he got to play for one of our old coaches, Tavares Hardy. And, you know, he's playing really well. He made some big shots, and especially in that game against Purdue. You know, they're coming in. They're high. They're ha they still have that confidence, even though they're coming off a loss to Iowa. But they beat number, number one Purdue on the road at Mackey Arena. And you know how hard it is to play there. Yeah. So he's one player I'm excited to see. Also, Caleb McConnell. You know, he's like that all-around guy team overall they have a lot of experience and you know this guy mcconnell he's what six seven six eight i feel like he's, he's been averaging eight years too like he's exactly got a ton of experience. so that experience in itself is going to help and i think you know with that you know he's averaging close to two and a half steals was it raining defensive big 10 player of the year yeah. about 10 points four or five rebounds so he's like that swiss army knife that you kind of have to watch out for because some games he might only score 10, but he'll have eight rebounds, eight assists, three steals. Or he might go out and get 20 and have six and four. So he's one of those guys we really have to watch out for, not let him get going, get active. But definitely I think Cam Spencer is someone to watch out for. What else do you think we have to do from a scout report standpoint to be successful in this game? Yeah, I think number one, the, the guy that makes this team go is – uh, Paul Mulcahy, he seems to be the the heart and soul of their yeah. team, um, a veteran mm -hmm. leader, another one of those guys, another Swiss Army knife type. And I think he put 30 up on the Cats last year. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's one of those guys that just has us on the radar and seems to to kill us every time he plays. And then I think their big um, Cliff Amorier uh, poses a difficult Dunk. matchup for us as well. Um, super yeah. athletic, dunks everything. Um, so I, it's going to be a, an, another big test for um, the guys in the middle. Um, we're, we're talking about um, got to stay know, out of foul trouble too. Got to stay out of foul trouble, which I think Nicholson has done a great job of. You know, that's something I missed about, about uh, our Indiana scout is that he did a great job of not fouling Trace Jackson Davis and allowing himself to play. You know, almost the entirety of the game. And then when Titus came in, like 
he was able to, to spare Nicholson a little bit more. I think we're going to see a lot of that moving forward. Um, but yeah, staying out of foul trouble is huge, especially against a really athletic big like uh, like a Morier. Yeah. And with that, you just mentioned how, you know, our guys are staying out of foul trouble, especially big Matthew Nicholson. What kind of concerns me from a scout report standpoint with our thin front line, guys getting tired because that last game leading up to this Rucker game, you know, guy, five guys played over 30 minutes. Yeah. Yes, we have a great training staff. Coaches do a great job with practicing. But, you know, as that season goes on, you're traveling, you're taking classes that can kind of weigh on players. So I'm just hoping that we can stay fresh and, you know, try to get a few more minutes or spare some guys a couple minutes when we're able to just so that they can stay fresh. And because, like you said, they are low down there in the paint. They got an athletic big that can cause problems for us. But I think we do a great job with double teaming when the ball goes in the post and our rotations are really good. So I think that's going to be big for us, and it's just going to come down to who's able to make some make some baskets. Both teams are defensive-minded. I think Rutgers has held, what, 12 of their 15 opponents under 65 points. That's impressive. And early on in the season, you know, Northwestern had a few struggles offensively. Lately, we've been finding our rhythm. We can keep that up. I think we'll be more than good. We know we're going to come out, play our team, our style of defense. So I think we'll be okay. Just got to make shots and continue to move the ball around. And, you know, we added two more, two more, 200 more students, you know, for the game. So I think that'll help. Hopefully we have a big crowd. So it should be a good game. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think if, if we make some, if we make threes early, um, extend their, you know, their defense a little bit, I think it'll allow us to maybe penetrate a little bit more, get some easier driving kick opportunities. And again, get to the foul line somewhere where that we've been beating a lot of teams, um, up on this year, which is a, a really big surprise for us. Um, and if we, you know, if our guards can continue to get downhill, get to the line, um, get others involved, I think we'll be in good shape. Um, but I, I highly anticipate this to be an absolute Big Ten slugfest tomorrow, close game, um, you know, hopefully with the, with the Cats coming up on top. Um, but and, then, and, and it's retro night. So okay. it should be fun. It should be a lot of a lot of people in the crowd dressed up in some throwback outfits. So maybe we'll throw some ba- maybe we'll throw some of our like baggy jerseys on or something. Wow, man, shorts that we're touching our ankles. Shorts going to the ankles. <laughs> man, hey, we got to get Snoop Dogg back so he can put on Kyle Riley's old jersey. <laughs> Five X. I can't forget that. <laughs> uh, we'll send you guys the pictures for that one. Um, Please do. Yeah, you got to post that on the episode, yeah. but. With that, so we got that game, Rutgers, looking forward to that one tomorrow. And then after that, right back on the road, Michigan, your hometown. Yes, sir. Tell me, what was that like going back? What was your preparation like? How did you feel before the game, after the game, during the game? Walk me through all of that. We'll talk about what it was like playing or what our team needs to do now. But what was that like for you going back home? Yeah, it's a good question. It was always one of those games that you – you know, got up a little bit extra for, for sure. Mm-hmm. You were extra amp, but you had to kind of tone it down, right? You had to, um, especially if I was I was starting um, or just just coming in off the bench, like really don't over exact, don't over exude yourself early. Um, play within your means, type thing. Um, yeah. But really, just just try to put on for my, for my city and and put on for for my family that was in the that was in the crowd. I would always have thirty or forty people there. Um, if not more, um, when we had, whenever we played in Ann Arbor. So, you know, obviously that was a, a huge game for me. 
uh, growing up a, a Michigan fan, um, and then you know obviously having some some family members go there as well. It, it was always a, a big moment to to step into to Chrysler Arena and, and and try to put on a good show. So obviously we won there my freshman year uh, with a great second half by you and Drew. Uh, so that was an incredible moment. We came back Ooh, from down oh, like man. seventeen or something like that. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget that game. Um, but what they have to do this year, uh, similar to, to what we did with, with Indiana, we have to stop their big guns, right? Um, yes. We, we have to make a concerted effort to, to double the post. Hunter Dickinson can obviously be, uh, you know, a, low. a load down, down low, right? Mm -hmm. Like he had 33 the other day um, in a win against Penn State, um, which is a career high for him. Um, but him being 7'1", 260, you know, he's he's a force to be reckoned with. He also has great feel and touch around the basket. Um, but where uh, I think we can really take advantage of it, of them is in the guards, right? I think they're inexperienced in the backcourt um, with their transfer, Llewellyn, being out for the year. Um, they struggled against Michigan State, right? They struggled to score. They struggled to get good offense um, earlier in the game. I think they only scored 18 points in the first half. Um, and really struggled to make outside shots. But I think it came because Michigan State took them out of rhythm. Um, they mm -hmm. took Kobe um, and Doug McDaniel basically out of the game and said, all right, Jet Howard, you're going to have to do a lot off the dribble, which he obviously can. He has that capability. Um, but he made they made other people try to beat them. They doubled Dickinson every time in the post, forcing him to give it up, which is something that I think we'll do as well um, and really make others beat us. So... Um, I think we're going to have that similar type of game plan. I know Michigan is a lot different team at home. They seem to make more shots there. They're a little bit more comfortable, and they play to their crowd as well, just like everybody in the conference. Um, and I think this is going to be a very hungry team coming off a series of losses, um, coming into a game I bet they think they can win and get back on track with. So I'm anxious to see what type of game plan that we have. What are some keys to the game that you think going into Michigan as well? Going to pretty much piggyback off what you said. I agree 1,000% with you. We got to stop the inside. We got to stop their big guns and the inside. Hunter Dickinson, he can really play. I think, what, one game this year he had 32 and 12. Yeah. And what's really impressive about him, and you just see how much, how good of a player he is, that last game against Michigan State, even though Michigan only scored 53 points, there was one, one time, one moment in that game where they gave him the ball five straight times in the post. Yeah. which you don't really see in today's game. You know, it's a lot of threes, a lot of outside pick and rolls, isolation. But to see that kind of old school approach, just dumping the ball inside, that was good to see because it's something different. But I, I'm pretty sure, you know, our game plan will be the same like it always is. Double the post, get it out, continue to rotate, fight. And another player that you mentioned, Llewellyn, he's out. You know, I, I was excited. I would have loved to see him more. You know, he transferred in from Princeton. And that's another guy. So these two upcoming games, you know, we had Cam Spencer coming from Loyola, Maryland, playing for Tavares Hardy. Now Llewellyn, he's here at Michigan from Princeton, who played for Mitch Henderson, who also was a coach at Northwestern. So I think that overall Northwestern connection is really cool. Yeah. But I think overall, we just have to focus on, you know, staying out of foul trouble. Matthew Nixon going to have to do a great job of defending the same way he did against Indiana. And we're going to have to take advantage of those inexperienced guards you know we have two really good senior guards Ty Berry has been playing well and we're going to need our bench 
you know, we didn't piggyback. We didn't really talk about Headband Robbie Barron. Forgot that about Headband Bob. I don't know how I did. There you go. That's the name, Headband Bob. So <laughs> hopefully he keeps that going, and we can just run on a big winning streak with that. So we're going to need our bench, but most probably we're going to have to stop that inside, stay out of foul trouble, and our guards are going to have to continue to play that they've been playing. Yeah, I think Robbie's a huge X factor for us. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if he's making shots early, if he's involved in the offense. Uh, I think it just makes him that much more dynamic. He can obviously get stuff off the dribble as well. Um, But when he's knocking down that outside shot, it really extends the defense, uh, provides more lanes for Chase and and, uh, Boo to create. And then obviously it gives himself opportunities to pick and pop, um, set that little drift screen, which I like that little wrinkle on that play that we ran uh, against Illinois. I think we'll see that a couple more times, especially when he has some some bigger uh, guys on him. Um, so I'm looking for some more out of Robbie Barron. And when he plays well, uh, we're really tough to beat because our guards have been phenomenal. Um, when we have that third option, that third score, um, sometimes fourth, right? Cause Ty had 13, if he's in double figures, we're going to be really difficult to beat. So I could see some games coming like that for Robbie, where he's going to really need to step up, make some big buckets for us down the stretch, um, and keep rocking that headband because there's obviously some good juju in there. Hey, man, wow. I like that. I don't know what All happened. Right. I heard he had like staples or something. It must have been like a practice. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Now you got, they got the photos of him as a kid with the headband. So I'm like, he has to keep that going. We just won with it. A big I didn't mind the look. I didn't mind the look anyways. I, I didn't before, I thought it was before, Yeah, before I even knew yeah. he had cuts on his head, I, I kind of liked the, the swag of the headband. I could never yeah, pull it off. Yeah, like... <laughs> hey, you never know, man. You got to try it out. I tried before. I'm not going to show you those yeah. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, let's transition into the word on campus. Anything you've been hearing, anything you want to talk about that's going on with the Wildcats on campus? Yeah, I got man. a few things. I'll I got, let you kick it off. I got one because this has been a, a huge thing for me, you know, since, you know, day one here is like, you know, how can we increase the support for this team? They're obviously pouring their, their heart and soul out, have practiced really hard since the summer, have really improved. Um, and the overall camaraderie of the team has, you know, really showed on the court. It seems like they, yeah. they play hard for one another. Uh, they respect one another. And, and the coaching staff has done a great job of bringing this group together and playing as yeah. a unit. Um, they have an identity. And I think the crowd is going to need to match that. And I think it started last week against Illinois. Obviously, with the students coming back, we had a huge showing uh, of students. When I walked into the game, there was probably – 100 to 200 students waiting outside because they couldn't get in. I was like, what's going on? Like, did they not let people in yet? Um, But then come to realize that the student section was completely sold out. So the word on campus this week is that we have expanded the student section, which is probably, you know, one of the few times we've ever done that. Um, And Welsh Ryan is going to be rocking on Wednesday. So that's great to see. We added 200 seats for students. We're adding additional shuttles and buses from campus giving out Raising Canes, T-shirts, Retro Night, all this stuff to, to really you gotta get some of those T-shirts too to represent. I know. I know. know. But we're really creating some excitement on campus, and it's really good to see the student body as well as the alumni base really get behind this team um, and push them forward because it's going to be a huge home court advantage moving forward. And Coach Collins said it in his presser um, after the Illinois game. Like, it makes a huge difference. And when Welsh Ryan is at capacity, when the students are right down – on, on you, 
there's balloons waving, you know, the students are yelling, they're doing all their crazy stuff. It really creates an atmosphere that is tough to play in. So yeah. I think if we continue to have that, continue to build that momentum, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with at home as well as on the road as we've proved here. So I yeah. know you've got some stuff to cover too uh, with your ears on the ground. So what do you, what do you got for us, Juice? Well, and before I go into all that, like you said, with our crowd being so loud, as a player, you know how that is. I'm sure you remember it, oh, yeah. especially on the road. When it's loud, sometimes you can't even hear the play that your coach is calling or the point guard or whoever's bringing the ball up. Sometimes it happens so fast you can't think. So with this addition of the extra 200 students, I really think that's going to be a great thing and it's going to continue to help us. And we're going to continue to move on. With that, some other announcements, you know, we beat. Illinois and Indiana, arguably the best week in Big Ten basketball with our two wins. And before that game, you know, there was some chatter that Indiana will go undefeated at home in the Big Ten Conference. You and I both didn't agree with that. You know, we got the first opportunity to first crack at it, and we were successful. We didn't think they would go undefeated, and we did a really good job. Came out, got a nice win on the road. And now we're back here, and you know how those trips are when you're coming back home after a win, whether it's on the bus, on the plane. So I'm excited. You know, guys, you know, are supporting their teams, but, you know, some of that stuff isn't realistic. We got us a big win. And just to see, after, like, that Illinois game, I was able to go into the locker room, talk to a few guys, and just to see how happy Coach Collins was, Coach Battle, Coach McIntosh, all those guys are really happy, excited, and to see some of the recruits there, to see a big win like that huge. with that atmosphere, I think that's really, really huge going forward. You know, recruits want to see the campus. They obviously want to see you win. But to see that kind of environment, I'm sure those high schoolers there were looking and just saying, oh, I can't wait to be in an environment like this and be able to play in something like that. So everything is going great. Atmosphere, camaraderie, everything is huge around campus. Excited to see what we can do in these upcoming weeks after getting two big quality wins. Yeah, it's all about building the resume up from here, right? Like that pit loss yeah. is looking better and better as, as you know, as poorly as we played. Um, yeah. That they're, you know, they're looking like a top 25 team. Um, mm -hmm. And then in terms of our resume and what it looks like right now, we have two quad one road wins at Michigan State, at Indiana and then another quad one win against Illinois. So if we can continue to, to build up momentum in the conference, uh, I think if we get to nine wins in the conference, we're a surefire NCAA tournament team, without a doubt. Um, and obviously we're well on our way to that right now. So I think we got to stick to the script, right? Like you and I have said, one game seasons all the way through. First game here, first next season is going to be against Rutgers at home. Then we move on, right? Win or loss, go back to the drawing board. We, we handle our business at Michigan as well. And then we talk about the next week and, and go on that way or do, you know, two game seasons, whatever it, you know, whatever it may be, whatever keeps us motivated, whatever keeps us um, on top of our game, I think is going to be crucial for us moving forward. But um, the trajectory is looking great. Um, I loved seeing Joe Lenardi put our names on the, you know, on his bracketology report. I'm going to be looking yeah. out, out for that every Monday as well. So as long as we continue to see our names on there, uh, you and I are going to be some happy campers as well as the full Definitely. alumni base and, and fan base uh, supporting these guys. So um, Definitely. that's really all I got today, man. Definitely, yeah. The alumni are 100% behind the team. They're all excited with the projection, the trajectory of the team. So everything is looking up. You know, We take care of business, go 2-0 again this week, 
we should see our names, you know, with the little ranking number next to it. You know, fingers crossed. But we got to take care of business first. First upcoming is Rutgers. So, like you said, one game season, one game at a time. Take care of that. Then we focus on Michigan. No doubt. With that, Wildcat Alley, we appreciate you guys tuning in with us. You can find us for our, our podcast on all your podcast platforms. Stay tuned in with us. I'm Juice Thompson. Alex Marco, 3Leo, Shooter Shakes. Always good time catching up with you, my man. For sure, Juice. I'll see you tomorrow at the game. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, my man. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.